Yaakov Avinu's life, we find that he calls his sons, the Shifte Ka, to gather around his bed, and he says to them, Hey, Osfu, gather together, and I will tell you, I will tell you what will happen at the end of days. The Medrash says, Medrash Rabbah, in Perach Tzadiches, He Osvu Tziva Aison Al HaMachlekes. He commanded them about Machlekes. Amr Lahain Tiyu Kulchem Asifa Achas. He Osvu, the very last Tzavah that Yaakov Vino gave his sons are was to be as one, to gather together, to be one asifa achas. Yaakov Avinu knew very well how there was kinah amongst the brothers. He knew the way the brothers had great resentment and great jealousy, envy towards their brother Yosef. And all that happened in the aftermath of that envy. And now as he's about to die... He tells his sons, Hey Asfu, it's time to put all that aside. It's time to make shalom. It's time to get together as one without any machlekes. And this is something that throughout the diaries people have done. Throughout the diaries we know that many G'daylem have told their children the very same thing and many not just G'daylem, people in general. There is a famous tzavah from Rosham Shemafal Hirsch that he writes to his sons, he writes to his sons and his daughters and his son-in-laws and his daughter-in-laws and his grandchildren. He gives them his final last will and he writes to them as follows, I entreat you with the complete warmth of my heart and my soul to do everything in your power to fulfill what I ask at each moment, at every hour. This is the request. Please preserve the brotherly love and harmony between you, and let there not be bad blood and absence of friendship among you. For the sake of my memory and your dear mother, Zechrena Levracha, please stay close with one another. It may sometimes happen that one offends one another, knowingly or unknowingly, with a word or with a deed, or the other party believes that someone slighted him. I beg of you, remember us and do not wound each other. Remember us and forgive and pardon one another. Ask forgiveness and grant forgiveness, and do not hold a grudge in your hearts. Reveal what is in your hearts to each other. Do not go to bed with a heart full of grievances which have not been satisfactorily resolved. There will be no better way to honor our memory and to earn blessing and success for you and for your children than by fulfilling this wish. So this is something that Yaakov Avino understood was something very, very critical at this moment in time. That when you depart from the world, you make sure that if there are any grievances between your children... You want those resolved, you want those taken care of, you want achdos amongst the children, hey, asfu, 
gather together and you should be as one, you should be in Asifa Achas. You should come together united as one and that is what Yaakov Avinu wanted from his Mishpacha. But there's a measure shortly thereafter that needs a little bit more understanding. The Medrash there says, also on this parsha, on this pasuk of Hayasvu, Mikan Zachu Yisrael Kriya Shema. Klal Yisrael was Zaycha to Kriya Shema from this very parsha. When Yaakov Avinu was about to die, he called to his twelve sons. This is all Marumas in that Pasuk. It says, Hey Osfo, the Agidolachem, and then it says, the Shimuel Yisrael Avichem. So the way the Medrash learns this is, the Shimu, listen, El, not El, but El, Yisrael Shabashamayim Avichem. Hakadishbarhu God is your father. Shema Yeshbulavchem, Machlaikes Alakadishbarhu. Maybe you have some form of machlaikis with Hashem. Do you have some sort of kindness and machlaiksin and suffix, something that's between you and God? Is there some barrier? Is there some problem? Is there some gripe that you have against Hashem? Amrulait. So the son said to Yaakov, absolutely not. Shema Yisrael, Avino. Meaning here, Shema Yisrael is talking about Yaakov. Yaakov's name was Yisrael. Shema Yisrael, listen, our father Yaakov. Kishem, she'ein belibcha machlekes al-Kadoshvarchu. The same way that we know about you, that you're at peace with Hashem, that you have absolutely no problems with Him. You have no machlekesin, you have no tainas, you have no tarumas, you have no sveikas about Him. Kach ein belibeinu machlekes. So in our hearts we likewise have no machlekes with Hashem. Ella Hashem Elekeinu Hashem Echad Hashem is our God. Hashem is one. We have no problem. We have we have no stakes. We have no machlekes with Hashem. Chas v'shalom. Afhu pirish b'svasav and then Yaakov Avino opens his lips and utters the words Baruch Shem Kibayd Malchusa Elaylam Vod. So this Medrash needs a little bit more beer. The first part of the Medrash that Hayasfo is when Yaakov bid his sons make shalom between yourselves. That we understand. They had a lot of machlekes. Look at what happened. Look at how the machlekes tore the family asunder. Look at how it ripped apart the whole Shiftei Ka. And how the brothers threw Yasef into a bar. And how he was sold to Mitzrayim. And how he, they told Yaakov Avino that he, Taraf, Taraf, Yasef, he was ripped apart. Machlekes was a terrible thing. And Machlekes was something that had to be resolved. And so Yaakov wanted to sew together the Shiftei Ka and make that there should be Shalom finally amongst them. But what is this that there was a taina against Hashem? That he was chayshed, that there was something, some machlekes, not only interpersonally, but also with the Rabbanish 
What was this accusation that Yaakov Avinu was saying to the Shiftei Kav? That Shema Yeshbo Abavcha Machlekes Al Akedushparchu, to which they had to say, or they wanted to say, but they were, they said, Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekein Hashem Echa. We have no Machlekes, just like you have no Machlekes with Hashem. We have no Machlekes with Hashem. What does that mean? Why would he accuse them of that? And also, what does it mean that he responded, Baruch Shem Kibayim Malchus that blessed is the name of your Malchus, the covet of your Malchus forever and ever. What does that Pasuk have to do with this Medrash? So in order to understand this, I believe we need to go back to the beginning of the whole Maisa with Yosef and his brothers. Yosef did not win any popularity contest with his Shvatim. Yosef, the Pasuk says that the brothers, plain out, they despised him. And then when Yaakov Avinu gave him the Ksenis Pasim, that didn't curry any additional favor to Yosef. And they continued and then if that wasn't enough Yosef comes one day and tells the dream that he had to the brothers and he says that there were all of the the bundles of grain that were standing my bundle stood up and then your bundles began to be to me they bowed down to me. And the brothers were enraged by this dream. What is this dream? That you should be the ruler over us. And they said the following words to Yosef. Do you think that you're going to be our Melech? Or that you think that you're going to be our Moshel? And we'll describe what that means in a minute. And then they continued to despise him. He came then another day and he gave them another dream about the Shemesh and the Areach, the Achadasar Kaychavim, and they were bowing down to me. And then Yaakov Avinu himself had to come to try to, to spin it in the right way, and he wanted that there should be Shalom, so he basically pretended at least to be enraged at Yesei, by Yigar by Aviv. And he says, do you think, do you think that that's a normal thing to say that you and that myself and your mother are going to bow down to you? And then it says, the brothers envied Yosef, the Aviv Shomar and Yaakov Avinu was Shomar. He watched this. Rashi says the Lashon Shmira means Hayamamtin Masayava. He was waiting with bated breath. He was anticipating the day that this would actually come true, this dream. And from there he sent one day Yosef to Shechem to see how the brothers were faring. And then that's when the whole Misa began to unravel when they when they had the the, this whole episode by throwing him into the pit and selling him down to Mitzrayim. As far as that Pasuk is concerned about HaMolech Timlech Aleinu in Moshal Timshal Banu, we have to know a very, very famous and fundamental Grah. 
The Vilna Gain says as follows on this Pasuk. What is this double Lashon of Amalech Timach Aleinu in Mashal Timshal Banu? Are you our Melech? Are you our Mashal? What is this Melech Mashal business? Zuck the Gain, there's two things in life when it comes to authority, when it comes to kingship. There are some kings that are Bebechinas Melech. They are Melech. And then there's sometimes that it's not a melech, but he's a moshel. He says, well, moshel, you find ki la'ashem ha-melucha u-moshel bagayim. To Hashem is the melucha, and he's a moshel bagayim. What is the difference between a melech and a moshel? So the Vilna Gain says as follows, a very, very important aside. A melech is somebody who is amongst the people, he's one of you and I, and all of a sudden he rises and because of his popularity, because people see in him qualities of leadership, they unanimously appoint him as their melech. A melech is somebody who the nation appoints and We are willing, we want you to be our king, we love the fact that you are our king, you are popular to us. We accept your gezeris, whatever they are. We love you and we want you to rule over us. He says the Lashon of Melech is from a Lashon to be Mamlech. To be Mamlech means like the Nimlech we find in Chazalin. Melech means basically a decision. To be Mamlech means to decide because we are deciding. It's not forced upon us. It's not thrust upon us that you are our king, Balkarcheno. We want you to be our king. That's what a melech is. Whenever we speak about a melech, a melech is somebody who the people appoint wantingly, willingly. They want this man to be their leader. A meishel is the other thing. A meishel is something completely different. It's when somebody rises, I am a despot, I am a dictator, and I am in control now, and you will oblige me, you will listen to me. That's what a Meishel is. A Melech, somebody, a Meishel is somebody, it's Balkarchaf. The nation does not want them. A dictator. You have a Saddam Hussein. You have somebody like a Stalin. Somebody like a Hitler, that the people really did not want. Maybe they were brainwashed into wanting, but he rose and he became the Melech, the Meishel over them, Balkarchaf. Against the will of the people. That's what a Meishel is. The Gezeros, we don't want to hear about your Gezeros. If we do it, we do it reluctantly, begrudgingly. We don't want you. A Melech is somebody that we want. Kila Hashem Amlucha says the Gra, to Klal Yisrael, the Rabbeinu Shalom is the Bechinas Melech. Whatever the Rabbeinu Shalom does, we want. We're Mechabal Ba'ava. We are Mechabel, his Malchus, Berotzen, or Malchusai, Berotzen, Kibbalayim. We're Mechabel, whatever you do, whatever you say, good, bad, ugly, we accept it. That's Malchus. That's what the Rabbinisham's relationship is with Kal Yisrael. He's our Melech. We love him, we want him, we accept upon what ourselves his Malchus. That's what we do every Rosh Hashanah. We're Mamluch, the Rabbinisham, as our Melech, wantingly. To the Gayim, the Rabbi Shalom is not a Melech, he's a Meishel. He is somebody, he is a being who is 
If they admit that he exists, he exists against their will. I don't want God in the world. All God does is he curses the world with a conscience. He makes me have to listen to whatever he wants. He, I have to abide by his, by his will. I don't want to. A lot of times he does things that I don't want to do in life. I don't, I'm not happy with the things that he's doing. But he's a Moshel. I don't want him, but I'll take him because he's the Moshe. What am I supposed to do about it? I'm in a world with a God, so the God is ruling, but I don't want him to. Kalal Yisrael says, no, the Rabbi Yisrael is our Melech. We want him, we love him, we accept him. And this, says the guy, is exactly what was going on in this parasha with Yosef and his brothers. Yosef has a dream, and he says that my, my bundle gets up, which is a Lushna of like a Moshe. It's it's, I'm rising, I'm going to be a ruler over people whether they like it or not. My bundle rose. And then you are going to be mishtachavet to me. Mishtachavet is a lotion of wantingly. You'll wantingly subjugate yourself to my power. So the brothers say, listen, Yasef, hamolech timlech aleinu. Do you really believe that you're going to be our melech? It'll be impossible for you to ever be our Melech. You know why? Because we hate you. Because we're jealous of you. We despise you. There is no way in the world that we would ever be Mishtachavet to you as our Melech. In Mashal Timshel Banu. If you're lucky, you'll be our Mashal. But you'll rise to us and rule over us, but it will never be a Melech. And the same way that the part of your dream was false when it comes to the Melech part of it, that we're going to bow down to you willingly, that's never going to happen. You'll never be our Melech. Likewise, you'll never be our Meishel. The whole dream you could throw in the garbage. Because our Melech, Timelech, you'll never be our Melech because we hate you. We're jealous of you. So we'll never accept your Malchus upon us willingly. We'll never love you. In Mashal, Timshel, Banu, and by the same token, you will never be our Meishel. Because the same way that one part of your dream was false, your whole dream is false. And then he comes back to them, Yasef, with another dream that doesn't involve any Maishal business. He just gets up. This is not the guy talking. That's Adkan Divrei Agra. But it's interesting that the next dream doesn't involve anything about being a Maishal. It's just pure Malchus. You'll bow down to me without any... Maybe I won't be a Maishal, but I'll be your Melech. And then that incensed them even more. Because now we have no way out. We can't say that, oh, the same way you're not going to be our Moshe, you're not going to be our Melech either. Because now the other dream was saying that we'll be your, that you'll be our Melech. And that's impossible. We hate you. We don't want you to be our Melech. We despise you. Why would we ever make you our Melech? The Aviv Shomer Asadabar. Yaakov Avinu was listening to whatever was going on over here. And he was all of a sudden very, very interested in seeing what would be. How are these dreams going to actually play out? How is history going to unfold? How is it going to happen that Yosef will end up being the Melech over, the, over his brothers? Why was Yaakov Avinu so interested in this? So what I believe is the chat is as follows. Yaakov Avinu was not just raising a family. Yaakov Avinu was not just raising his 12 sons. 
Yaakov Avinu was raising the history of Kal Yisrael, the future of Kal Yisrael. All of the Shiftei Ka, Hine Mitasa Yishel Shlomai, the Shlemas Hamita, the perfect bed, quote unquote, of Yaakov Avinu. All of the Shvatim that he was raising would be the Shiftei Ka. This would affect the future of Kal Yisrael. He was building now, each of the Shvatim were the building blocks of the future of Kal Yisrael. And he had to make sure that Klai Yisrael were developing in the way that they were meant to develop. And he was bothered, Yaakov Avinu, by the kinah that they had to Yosef and to his dreams. Not just because the fact that they were jealous was not a good midah. It's a terrible midah, kinah. We've spoken about how evil and how terrible kinah is in the past. Kinah is like the worst of all, of all midahs that a person could have. The last one that you should want is kinah. But besides for that, there was also a Ben Adam Lamakim Dika ramification to this Kinnah. And the same way that Kinnah will affect a Ben Adam Lachaveray, it will also affect Ben Adam Lamakim, and let me explain. The Mesul Sisharim, the Ramchal writes in the parak dealing with Nikios. Nikias is one of those rungs of the Madregas of Rapinchas Ben Yar that the Mesosisharim is structured upon. Nikias means you have to try to cleanse every single attribute, every midah that you have, clean it out. Even if you have a good midah, make sure it's really perfect. And then he speaks about a lot of midahs that we have good, but it's sort of worth tainted a little bit. They're not so clean. And one of them is the midah of Kinnah. And he speaks about how terrible kinah is. And then he speaks about the answer to kinah. If I have kinah, which is a famous question, all the Mepharshim speak about how the Torah could command us, not to be jealous. I'm a jealous person, too. Basumi. My, my, my friend has, you know, uh, pulls up into his driveway with a brand new BMW convertible, and I'm driving a 1975 Dodge Duster. I'm, I'm going to be jealous, probably. I can't control, I might not like the fact that I'm jealous, but I am. Oh, comes along the terror and says, like, don't be jealous. I, I, I can't govern my, my heart and my eyes. What am I supposed to do? So all the Farshim deal with this, but listen to the way the Ramchal deals with it. The Ramchal says as follows. Lu yadu, velu yavinu, if the person who is jealous would only know there's a Gemara Numa that says that a person does not touch by a hair's breadth what is destined for somebody else. That BMW that my friend, my neighbor has, the only reason why I'm jealous is because I think that maybe that BMW may be a shayach to me. Maybe there would be a way that I'd be able to somehow get a hold of that car. That should be my car. No. You are supposed to have your car and your neighbor's supposed to have his car. You are supposed to have your wife and your neighbor's supposed to have his wife. You are supposed to have your house and your neighbor his house. And you cannot touch your neighbor's stuff and your neighbor cannot touch yours. It doesn't, it doesn't happen. It's impossible. You might think that, well, you're sharing the same block, so you're in the same league, and you should be able to enjoy the same creature comforts. That's discounting the fact that there's a Rabbi Shalom in the world. That curl, 
כאשר לעקור מהשם הוא, כפי הצוסי הנפלא וחכמוסי הבלתי נדס, everything is decided by the Rabbi Yisraelim, every single thing that I have, it's because the Rabbi Yisraelim passed that I should have it, everything my neighbor has is because my neighbor, the Rabbi Yisraelim, said he should have that, if they would only know that, if a person would only, if a person would let this sink into his mind once and for all, that what my friend has is not mine, what I have is not my friend's, and nary the two will overlap, it will not happen, it's not shayaf, because there is a Rabbi in the world that's saying exactly what I should have and what he should have, then there will be no reason to be jealous. I wouldn't be jealous. What's, what am I jealous of? How could I? I'm only jealous because I think it could be mine. But if I know it can't be mine, well, I'm not je- going to be jealous of him. It's not mine. The Rabbi Shalom didn't say that that could be mine. And so what's there to be jealous of? Because I want to drive it. That's very nice. But you're jealous of the fact that he has it and you don't. That you can't be jealous of. Because the Rabbi Shalom decides with his chachma, why maybe if you would have that car, it wouldn't be good for you. Maybe it's good for your friend. It's not good for you. Maybe the reason why your friend got engaged to that girl that you were also read to and you thought that you could have had a date with her, you could have gotten engaged also. No. The Rabbi Shalom said that that person was right for him and not for you. And therefore to be jealous is, is completely contrary to the way the whole world works. So what the Ramchal is basically telling us is that kina, when a person is jealous of his friend, that is really something that is a taina against the Rabbi Nishloim. It's not just merely a bin Adam l'chadeir a problem. When I'm jealous of my friend that I have this, this you know, green monster of, of envy that I can't stand when somebody has something, when somebody gets a promotion, when somebody gets engaged, when somebody has a simcha, when somebody is wealthy and I don't have that, it doesn't only, it's not only affecting my midas bin Adam but there's also something that I have against the Rabbi Nishon. Because I am, if I understand that the Rabbi Shalom runs the world and the way he sees fit and I'm fine with everything, so I wouldn't be jealous of my friend. But the converse is true also. If I am jealous of my friend, what I'm basically saying is that I know the Rabbi Shalom may run the world or does run the world, but he's running the world in a sloppy way. He's not doing the right thing. He should have given me that car. He should have given me that house. He should have given me that promotion, that corner office. Why did that guy get it? Does that mean that the Rabbi Shalom likes him more than me? Does it mean that the Rabbi Shalom ignores me? Is not looking out for me? And therefore every time I'm mechanic somebody else, what I'm really also doing at the same time is, I'm saying to the Rabbi Shalom, I'm not happy with the way you're running the world. And so, what Yaakov Avinu, I believe, might have been afraid of was that when there was a kinna between Yosef and his brothers, when his brothers, Vayikano, Vayisano, Vayisno, they hated him, they had kinna, sinna against him, that wasn't merely a family issue. That wasn't merely something that was inter-brotherly. It was also a problem with their conception of the Rabbi and how he runs the world. What are you jealous of Yosef for? Yosef is Yosef and you're you. And the Rabbi has a chesed for both of you. What are you jealous of him for? Elamai, you're not happy with the way the Rabbi is running the world. 
when the brothers were telling Yosef HaMolech Timlech Aleinu and Mashal Tim Shalbanu do you think you're going to be our king? It ain't happening because we're jealous of you we're envious of you we hate you you're never going to be our king what Yaakov was hearing at the same time was that it's not Ki Hashem Amlucha that the same way that they're never going to be able to accept Yosef as their king because of this kinah they're also not going to be able to accept the Rabbani Shalom as a Melech. Klal Yisrael must accept the Rabbani Shalom as a Melech. That all the Gezeris of the Rabbani Shalom, whether we understand them or not, is fine. But if you're saying to Yosef that we're not accepting you, what you're basically saying is that we're not accepting the Rabbani Shalom as our Melech. He's a Meishel. He's dictating to us things and we have to accept it begrudgingly, but we're not happy with it. And because we're not happy, that's why we're jealous and we hate him. Not Hashem, but Yosef. Because we're not happy with the way you're running the world. That was the problem that Yaakov saw in the Shifte Ka. Besides for the Kinnah towards Yosef, there was also a, a, a problem with the Machlekes on, on, on the Rabbani Shalom. They're doing battle against the Rabbani Shalom, the way he runs the world. They're making the Rabbani Shalom into a Moshel instead of a Melech. Because the two go hand in hand. If you're jealous of somebody, that means that you're not happy with the way the Rabbani Shalom is running the world. You think that you could do a better job. And that everything is really being thrust upon you, even though you don't want to accept it. That's a Moshel, that's not a Melech. And Klal Yisrael, as you're building Klal Yisrael, we have to make sure that the Shifte Kaf accept the Rabbani Shalom as a Melech and not a Moshel. Ki Hashem Amlucha. Fi Aviv Shomer HaSadavar. Yaakov Avinu wanted to see how this would play out, how ultimately the brothers would accept Yosef as their Melech, because doing away with the Kinnah will basically be accepting upon them, the Oyal Malchus Shamayim, the fact that the Rabbani Shalom runs the world, and we accept the way the Rabbani Shalom runs the world, whether or not it's agreeable to us or not, but he's our Melech, we love him, we want him, we accept him, whatever he does. It's interesting, the Ramchal then says, For whom the Navi Yeshaya speaks about this in a Navua, what will be in the future, that the good of Kla Yisrael should be Shlema, should be perfect in the Afris Hayamim. Take away this midah, this terrible midah of kinah. Nobody will be jealous when the other person has it better than he. The, the Pasuk in Yeshaya says, All of the bitter envy, jealousy between Yehuda and Ephraim, different Shvatim. That will end. Ephraim le'ikanes Yehuda, Yehuda le'ikanes Ephraim. Ephraim won't have a kinah towards Yehuda, and Lassid Lavei, and Lassid Lavei Yehuda won't be jealous of Ephraim. There will be no intershevet jealousy or animosity. Hu ha'sholem ba'ashalva ha'sholem ha'loche ha'shores. This is the peace and the tranquility, the harmony that ma'loche ha'shores enjoy. Asher kulam semechem ba'avidasam ish ish al-makaymai. Since 
since they all know the truth, the malachim all join together b'simcha, without any envy. And they are not mekane b'chavei So we see already that the Ramchal deals with the Shvatim and Achris Hayam. Now everything is going to be perfect. Everything is going to come together in unity and harmony. But that's only at perfect moments in history where we understand clearly that to be Mekana one another is foolish because it's discarding the Rabbanisham's role in running humanity, running earth. And if we, we might agree that there is a Rabbanisham in the world, but we don't always have to think of him as doing everything perfect. That's what the Goyim do. That's a Maishel. But Klai Yisrael is supposed to be Mechabel, the Rabbanisham as a Melech. And say that I understand exactly that you have a, a you have everything is besechel and everything is with an eitzah and everything makes sense and therefore I have no kinah because I trust you I believe in you I I love you and I know that you're running the world properly and therefore there's no need for me to be jealous. So Yaakovina was waiting for this day. The Aviv Shemar Sadavar. When is this day going to happen? When is the day going to come that the kinah is taken away between the brothers. And by extension, when is the day going to be that all the Shvatim are going to be Mechabal, the Rabbani Shalom, as their Melech, without any tightness against him, without blaming him for everything? And why Yosef was in, in the position that he was in, and they not? Just to support this thesis a little bit, there's a Gemara in Tainus, the Gemara in Tainus speaks about how the Shvatim had a Taina against the Rabbi Nisham in the midst of this whole Maiso when Yosef was already in Mitzrayim and they came down and there was the problem already with the, with the food and with the Amtachas and the, and the Kesef and the Geviah and all of these problems that were arising for the brothers all of course by Yosef's design they make a statement to brothers and they say they became frightened. Lamar saying, What is this that the Rabbi Shalom is doing? How, what's going on over here? How could the Rabbi Shalom do this to me? I thought the Rabbi Shalom was good. And now look, everything is getting messed up. One thing after another, nothing is going right. And Yaisid, this, this, this ruler is, is, has it in for us. And things are going so sloppily, one thing after another, everything is, everything is out of control now. And they didn't look inward, the Gemara says. The Gemara brings a, a parallel pasuk in Mishlei. The pasuk says, Iveles Adam, Tisalif Darkai, that the Avla, the sins of a human being, is what really messes us up. But Hashem Yizaf Libai, but we blame God. The first target that we make is God. We don't look inward. We don't blame ourselves and do tshuva, but rather we look to Hashem to blame Him. How could you do this to me? And this is what the brothers seem to have been doing. Instead of looking inward and saying, we messed up. Look at what happened since we sold Yosef. And since all, then, since then everything has gone wrong. Everything began to unravel in a very bad way. Instead they right away cast blame on Hashem. The same way that they were jealous of Yosef, the jealousy stemmed from something that they were not happy with the Rabbi Shalom about. They had kindness against the Rabbi Shalom. And only after the whole Misa 
was coming to a conclusion, when Yosef was Megala himself to his brothers, what did Yosef say to them? They got nervous. Rightfully so. After all, they threw the Melech Mitzrayim into a pit, and they sold him, and they left him for dead. And now they were scared. What's going to be with us? How is Yosef going to treat us? And Yosef says the following Russian. I am Yosef. I am the one that you sold down to Mitzrayim. Don't be nervous. Don't be upset. Why? That you sold me here. The reason why HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent me down here was because it was from the Rabbani Shalom in order to be Mephanis you. What Yosef was saying is, it wasn't you. You were not the ones who did anything. I don't blame you at all. You know why? Because it's the Rabbani Shalom's design. He made this whole Iskaldalos that I should go down to Mitzrayim so I could be in this position to provide for you and the Mishpacha and for the world in this time of famine. You didn't send me here. And you, HaKadosh was the one. Everything happened because the Rabbani Shalom decided it this way. Everything is good. Don't have kindness against the Rabbani Shalom. Don't have kindness against me. Don't you see how all the pieces come together? Don't you understand how the Rabbi Yisham is running the show perfectly? And even though you didn't understand it, you might have had kindness one step after another, but now you're able to see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does everything for us, for our good. And there's no need to have a taina against me. And there's no need to have a taina also against the Rabbi Yisham. It's interesting, just as an aside, the way Yosef phrases it, that now HaKadosh Baruch Hu made me an av a master which is also like a lotion of Melech. Adon and Melech are sort of interchangeable. He made me an Adon Lachal Beisai. All of you. I'm an Adon over. I should be a Melech now. You should understand now why I am here without jealousy. I'm your Melech. Like the dream said I would be. I'm a Moshel, but that's on the rest of Egypt. But as far as my immediate bias, as far as you're concerned, I should be a Melech, I should be an Odin. Because that's the whole point of all the dreams and the building of Klai Yisrael through the dreams was a Chinuch for the Shvatim. How not to have jealousy, how to accept the Rabbi Yishlam as your Melech. And then the jealousy evaporates at the same time. And it's also interesting that when the brothers came and told Yaakov Avinu that Oid Yosef Nechai your son is still alive. Yosef told us to tell you that he's still alive. And then he's a Moshe on the whole Eretz Mitzrayim. What does it say? It says that Yaakov was not Makabal. He thought that, he, he thought that, he didn't believe them. He thought that it wasn't true. And then he said, and then they told him the rest of what Yosef said. And then Matzachi, Ruach Yaakov Avichem. 
What's the pshat? The pshat is that Yaakovinu understood this whole Hishtalshlus was for the purpose of making Yosef a melech over them, and by extension allowing the Achim to be masig that the Rebbeinu is also a melech on them. Baratzaim. And when all they told Yaakovinu was that Yosef sent the message, I'm a Moshe without the Balkarcha part of my Memshalah, that didn't wash well with Yaakov. Yaakov didn't say, that's not what Yosef was sent down there for. Come on, what else did he tell you? And only once they told him that he also said that he's an Odin Luchal Beisai, that he's a Melech, that we accept his Malchus Beratzaim. Then Yaakov Avinu understood that now the dreams have been fulfilled and now the mission of Klai Yisrael could begin in earnest. And so at the end of his life, he calls together all of the Shvatim, and he says, it's asful, come together, make sure that the lessons that we tried to learn were learned well, and that there will no, be no more machlekes and kinah and sinah amongst you. But moreover, make sure that there's no machlekes between you and the Rabbi Shalom. Shimu, El Yisrael, Avicham, Sheva Shemayim, Make sure that there's no machlegs, there's no tainus like you've had in the past against the Rabbeinu Shalom. With the kinah going away, likewise, the tainus against the Rabbeinu Shalom should go away. You should understand that the Rabbeinu Shalom is doing everything for your good. If you see it from the bird's eye view, you see after the whole mitzvah with Yisrael, everything was really for you the best. Understand that the Rabbeinu Shalom should be always your melech for Ratzayim. And to that... Klai Yisrael responded, Shiftei Kav, the future Klai Yisrael, responded, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elekein Hashem Echad, that, listen Yaakov Avino, the same way that you don't have any kindness, you're perfect with your faith, with the Rabbi Shalom. you have no machlekes against him, you have no sfekes, so too Hashem Elekein Hashem Echad, Hashem is our God, Hashem is somebody who, we, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, we have no tainus, we have no machleksim with the Rabbani Shalom, we are at peace with him. And to that Yaakovino says, Baruch Shem Kivayd Malchusay Lelambad. Now, at the end of my life, I can say, Baruch Hashem, that Hakrish Baruchu's Malchus should be forever and ever, because now when you're Makabel, oh Malchus Shemaim, which is what Kriya Shema is, you're basically saying that Hakrish Baruchu is your Melech, and that you have no tainus, now Klai Yisrael can be built because Kil Hashem Amlucha, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has the Malchus, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Klai Yisrael relates to Bebuchinas Melech, we understand that we love HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we willingly accept Him and appoint Him and coronate Him every year as our Melech, and whatever He does, we understand is always going to be ultimately for our best. It's a very, very important Yisrael Rabbi Yisrael to keep in mind because very, very often when things are good so things are good we're not upset we're happy we could daven we could learn it's not such a big deal I mean it's still a big deal but it's not a major accomplishment to be able to daven and to learn when everything is going well for us the problem is that a lot of times in life we are not always happy with what the Rebbeinu Shalom is serving up to us. 
a lot of times we have Yisurim, we have Tsaris, we have challenges, we have problems that are out of our control, and very often the first target that we have is the Rabbi Shalom. How could you do this to me? Why is it that everybody else has it so good and you're giving me such hardship? Why is it that everybody else seems happy and I'm not happy? Everybody else seems to have such a perfect family life and I don't. And right away it's directed towards the Rabbi Shalom, And we strip him of his mantle of Malchus. We say that we are not Mechabal as our Melech Baratz and we're not so happy with your Gzeris. You're acting like a Mishal. You might be our king, but we're not pleased with the way you're, 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 you're reigning over us. There's a problem here. There's a machlekes between me and you. I have the taina against you. I have an axe to grind with you. Very, very often this is the case. I hear this every single day. People come to me and they have problems and they right away say, why is Hashem doing this to me? Why would this happen to me? Why he doesn't love? I thought he loves me. And the answers are too complex. The answers a lot of times need enough time. With the benefit of, of time and hindsight, we, be, we begin to see how everything really was ultimately for, for our best. But when we're living through a parasha that's a difficult parasha, it's very, very understandable almost how people could right away say, that it's the Rabbeinu Shalom. If he's running the world, why isn't he running it the way I want him to run it? And that's what Kriyashma is. What Kriyashma is, basically, we have an opportunity, Pamayim B'chal every single day, at least twice. Then we have Kriyashma Lamita, and we have other times, by Karbonus we say Kshema, but we constantly repeat this refrain of Shema Yisrael, what is this Shema Yisrael? Shema Yisrael is basically, besides for the Pasuk in the Barim, which is speaking to the whole Klai Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekein Hashem Echad, it's a statement of faith on behalf of Klai Yisrael, and that's probably the Iker Kavana. But the Medrash that I didn't say yet says as follows, right after that whole thing about not having a Machlekes with the Rabbeinu Shalom, the Medrash says as follows, Hadohu, this is it. She Every single day, we get up in the morning and we go to bed at night, and we say Shema Yisrael Avinu. Mimaoras hamachpela, davar shetzivisani, adayin unayeg banu, Hashem elekein Hashem echad. When we're saying Shema Yisrael, we're not only addressing Klal Yisrael as a whole when we say the word Yisrael. We're also repeating this statement that the Shvatim said to Yaakov Avinu, Shema Yisrael, listen, our forefather Yaakov Avinu in Maharas HaMachpela, where Yaakov Avinu is located now. Listen, Hashem Elekeinu Hashem Echad. We still believe the same way that you made your sons say Shema Yisrael, that make sure that you have no taina against the Rabbi Nishalom. We today are still in full agreement with that statement that they made. Listen, Yaakov you'll be so proud of us to know that we are also Mechabel Beratzayim, the Omach Shamayim. 
When we say Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokein Hashem Echel, what we're saying is, we have no tainus. I have no blame for the Rabbani Shalom. Whatever the Rabbani Shalom does is just. I have no right to criticize him. I have no right to critique him. I have no right to blame him. I have no right to castigate him. I have no right to be angry with him. Hashem Elokein Hashem Echel, the same way that Yaakov Avinu had perfect faith. Regardless of what happens, I trust you. I know that it's all for the good. I too believe the same thing. I have no time on you. The Ahafta, we say right after us, Hashem Alekecha, you should love Hashem. And the Gemara says, If it's good, you have to bless Hashem. If it's bad, you have to bless Hashem. But the love has to remain always intact. It's the most challenging thing in the world to do. Especially when things are not going well. We want to have somebody to blame. We don't like looking inward. We don't like blaming ourselves. So we blame Hashem. He's an easy target. Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekein Hashem Echad is a Kabbalah's Oral Malchus Shemayim. We are saying that we have no kindness against you. We don't blame you for anything. We know that you are a melech and we're makabo, your malchos beratzen. Lovingly, willingly, whatever it is that you're giving to me, I'm makabo it beautifully. Baruch Shem Kavad Malchus Lombard is a continuation of that statement that the Rabbi Nishalom is our melech. But you know, we whisper it because during the year it's not so easy always to come to this realization. Because things are difficult, and we have jealousies, and we have things that we're not happy about, and that, of course, extends immediately to Yom Kippur is a day, the one day a year, that we're able to say out loud, We are like angels on this day, that just like the angels have no kinna and sinna and tachros, there's no competition between them. There's no envy. They love Hashem. They are That's how we are in Yom Kippur. In Yom Kippur, we say out loud, We get it. We understand today that you run everything perfectly. Only Merkabel, your Malchus, with Simcha. You are our Melech, and we are at peace with you. Yom Kippur is the day we come to Shul. And all the tainus, everything melts away. And you stand and declare faithfully, Baruch Shem out loud. This is the site of Shema Yisrael Kabbalah's Oh Malchus Shemayim. We love you, Hashem. You are our Melech. There's no more kinah. There's no more tainus. There's no machlekes. We're at peace with our neighbors. And we're at peace with you. I'd be remiss if I didn't make some mention. I know the hour is late, but we're davening Mincha soon anyway, so I have at least another 40 minutes. I'm joking. Um, but there is a um, a tainus today. And how could we go by without speaking a little bit about it? I was tempted to give the whole shmuz about it, but I already wrote this shmuz before I remembered that Friday was a tainus. Um but basically, the sight of a tainus is the same thing. A tainus, why are we fasting today? What's the point? To commemorate something that happened a few thousand years ago that Nebuchadnezzar surrounded Yerushalayim. 
The Rambam says that the point of a tainus is to know that everything is from the Rabbi Nishalom. That nothing is by chance. Every tzara that befalls us, everything bad that happens to us is not mikra. It's not a coincidence. It's not something that happens at random. It's not something that happens just by itself. Everything bad that happens, we have to, in a way, blame Hashem as it were, not in a bad way, but in, a, in, 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 in the truthful way. That it is the Rabbi Nisham that's doing this to us. He's not doing it to us, Chalila, because he's an evil God, or he's a vindictive God, or a vengeful God, and he wants to get back at us. Everything that the Rabbi Nisham does, any tzara that we have, is because the Rabbi Nisham loves us. He's our melech. He wants to see us succeed and prosper. But a lot of times, because we do bad, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends us Tzaras as a message to do tshuva. This is what the Rambam says at the beginning of Hilfus Tainus. When we are here today on Asar Batebis, fasting, and perhaps we're hungry, perhaps we're thirsty, we're tired, we want to already be Makabal Shabbos so we can eat already, we have to try to at least take a few moments and understand why we're fasting. We're fasting because we do our Averis. And there are tsarists in the world, not just a few thousand years ago, there are many tsarists today that play Klai Yisrael as a tzibor. There's terrorism. There's a terrible economy. There are yechidim that are suffering terribly, physically, financially, socially, why are all these tsaras happening? These are not random events. These are not things that the UN will be able to handle. These are not things that the smart diplomats are going to be able to take care of, or even the smart surgeons. These are things that only the Rabbani Shalom can take care of. But, we have to understand first what caused these things to happen, acknowledge the fact that it was because of our Averis that they happened, and the Rabbani Shalom is sending them as signals to us to do tshuva to come back to him and if we listen to him the Ramam says the tsars will go away and if we don't listen to him and we insist on taking a very natural course in trying to deal with them and divorcing the Rabbani Shalom from the picture the Ramam says Arezu Achzarius uses a very strong word the Ramam he says this is cruelty you're a cruel person you're not just a, a misguided person you're, you're a Russia, you're an Aster, you're wicked. You know why? Because if you don't take the bull by the horns and own up to the fact that it was our Averis that caused the Tsaras to happen, then it's going to get worse and worse and worse. The Rabbani Shalom is going to continue snowballing this message to us. And so the way to stop it from getting worse is by doing tshuva. And that's what a kindness is. When we stop eating, when we stop drinking, when we stop partying so much, and we get a little sober by the fact that we're hungry, it's an opportunity to look inward. Aneinu Hashem Aneinu. Answer us. On the day of our Tzayim. Because we're in a lot of hot water. There are so many Tzaras all around till today. And a Tainus, it's commemorating Asar B'Tavis what happened on that day. But it's a very current tightness also. Because basically what we're doing is we have to take stock of the situation of 2010. What's happening to us now? 
all the personal tzaras, and even if our personal life, Baruch Hashem, is good, but what about the community at large? Go to the hospitals and see Rachmanu Islan, how many Yidin and Noshim, Noshim Etaf are suffering. Go and read in the newspapers how many organizations are looking to help people find jobs, Yidin, besides for the 9.8% of the Gaiyashi population at large that are not employed, that are looking for jobs. And desperately, you have to understand what these numbers mean. These numbers are not just some statistic to turn the page on. This means that 9.8%, one out of every 10 adults, is sitting around the kitchen table with his wife looking at the credit card bills, looking at the mortgage payments, looking at the telephone bills, looking at the shopping bills, and saying, what are we going to do? And the wife is looking at him disappointedly. You don't have a job. Do you know what that does to people in general, Shalom Bayes, in the world? But let's focus for a moment on Klai Yisrael and the tsaras that a Yid has when he can't pay for his bills and he can't pay the schar limit for his children's tuition, which is so expensive. You know the tsara that that is? You know the tsara that's going on in Klai Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael with terrorism, with, the, with Iran, with the existential threat that constantly plagues Klai Yisrael at every minute? Kibit tsara g'dayla anachnu. We're in a great sorrow. Our teeth and our rishenu. Don't look towards our, our wickedness. We want to come back to you. We want to do tshuva today. That's what the tainus is all about. The tainus is about, it's not God's fault. God might be responsible, and he is responsible for everything that happens in the world, the good and the bad alike. But you can't blame Hashem. You can't say, What did God do to us? Why are we in such hot water? It's not his fault, it's our fault. The Gemara at the end of Saita says what's going to happen. These are the times that we're living in. We are living in the times of Ikvis of Mashiach. You can hear the footsteps of Mashiach through all the Tsaras that we're having. And all the G'daylam said, we are holding on the precipice of Mashiach. It's hard to believe that for so many millennium, Yidin have been davening for Mashiach, and in our dar, it's very plausible and possible and probable that Mashiach's around the corner or closer. The Gemara says, one of the simonim to know that Mashiach is on his way, that it's the ikvist of the Mashiach is Pneha Dar, Pneha Kelev, that the face of the generation is like the face of the dog. Our generation resembles a dog. Now, how does it resemble a dog? There are many different shatim given. The Chavetz Chaim says the following, or Bukhanim brings this, that when you throw a stick at a dog, if a person goes and throws a stick at a dog, what happens? The dog is not able to understand that the real culprit here was the person who threw the stick at him. And so he thinks it's the stick that's the culprit. He thinks that it's the stick that attacked him. And so what the dog does, and I wouldn't try this at home, but basically if you throw a stick at a dog, he'll jump on the stick. He'll jump all over the stick, attack the stick. That's the nature of a dog. We know if somebody throws something at us, we go and attack him. But the dog thinks that the stick is the attacker. And that, says the Chavetz Chaim, is the way the dar is going to be in our generation. Whenever we get hit, whenever it's, uh, we, we're hit by a stick, we think right away it's the stick that's attacking us. We have to deal with a stick. If there's, if it's the Palestinians that are attacking us, 
we have to figure out a way to deal with the Palestinians. If it's the uh, if it's anti-Semites in Europe that are attacking us, we have to know, or in America for that matter, we have to deal with them. We have to call the you know the the ADL and the and the this league and the that league. We have to deal with this problem. We're jumping on the stick itself. On the tsara, we're dealing with the tsara as if the tsara itself was the problem. We're failing to realize that the Rabbi Shalom was the one that threw the stick at us. We have to understand that every tsara that comes, it's not the tsara itself that's the issue, but it's the reason behind the tsara. It's the fact that the Rabbi Shalom is not happy with us if we have tsaras. It's a message that HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us. He cares about us, but we're not waking up. We're not getting it. So how do you, if a kid misbehaves and he's just not hearing the message of his parents, what is his parents forced to do it but to give him a patch? The tsarist that we have is a patch from the Rabbi Shalom saying, wake up and do tshuva already. Wake up and realize that it's not my fault, it's your fault. Don't blame the stick and don't blame me, but blame yourselves. It's not mikra. Nothing is coincidental. Everything is from the Rabbi Shalom. But it's a loving Rabbi Shalom. It's a melech. We're makabal what you're saying. That's what a tainus is. We're saying to you, we're makabal whatever you do. All the tsaras, we get it. Just let us do tshuva. Stop the tsara from happening because we understand that there's a purpose in everything and that you have the ability to be ma'achid kla Yisrael and to take care of all these tsaras, to machet us to you, to machet us to one another. He comes to Vishimu, listen to what's going to be, says Yaakovinu, Bachris Hayomim. This is addressing our times. Bachris Hayomim, maybe when they were Mavis Sedra and they learned Bachris Hayomim, that parasha of Ayachi, back in the Middle Ages, they, they were thinking of Bachris Hayomim as who knows when. When we're Mavis Sedra, we could look at Bachris Hayomim as now. We are in the Achris Hayomim. And as Mesos Yisharim says in the Achris Hayomim, we have to be ma'achid. We have to do tshuva and come together. The kinah of Ephraim will not be against Yehuda. Yehuda against Ephraim. We will enjoy the ruach of Achris Hayomim that the Malachim enjoy. We'll come together. This is the aside of Asar B'teves. This is the message that we take with us. This is the site of Shema Yisrael. To ma'achet together. To ma'achet with the Rabbani Shalom. To make sure that there's no ma'achlekes whatsoever. We are makabel lovingly the Rabbani Shalom. And that when the Rabbani Shalom sends us saris, we should not blame him. We should not blame nature. We should look inwards blame ourselves, figure out where the problem lies, change the problem, and the Mela that will lead Amir Hashem to the real Achris Hayamim with the advent of Mashiach Tzidkenah.